Welcome to Aesthetics Mastery, the podcast to help you thrive and raise the bar in your aesthetics practice. I'm Dr. Adam Chong and I'm joined again by Dr. Ahmed El Husini. Hi, Adam. Hi, Ahmed. So, Ahmed is a Skin Viva clinician and trainer, and you also work as an anaesthetist. I do. You, Ahmed? Yeah. I do. So, for those of you that didn't get the last podcast, um, it's on SoundCloud and soon to be iTunes, so please do check that out. So, how are you, Ahmed? I'm very well, thank you, Adam. Um, I, I really enjoyed the last podcast we did together. It was really nice. Yeah, it was really informative, actually. Um, so it would be really great to sort of continue that that conversation a bit today. Um, and I thought, well, we were having a chat, weren't we, about what, what topics we could cover. And we thought maybe discussing some more of the advanced Botox techniques. Absolutely. What do you think? Absolutely. Because there's, just, there's more to <coughs> Botox than just the simple three areas that we all started, uh, when we started to learn, mm. we covered that. Bit. And I can understand the why we do that when we're starting they're easy they're pretty forgiving and you know there's but there's more to botox than there's just the three areas you can accomplish a lot mm. and it complements dermal fillers absolutely, it, absolutely as a treatment absolutely option. absolutely they go along together really nice and if you can get the balance between them right you get good results are all of these advanced techniques off label uses um, yes yes yeah, very basically yes now why why do people call them advanced you know they, they, they're not that difficult to do actually but mm. they're, they're, i think they're called advanced because they're not very forgiving like the forehead you yeah. know a little bit of diffusion to the neighboring muscle can have a profound effect on vital expression or vital function so okay. it's very it's you know precision is very important so you need to be comfortable yeah so it's probably worth mentioning that even though we're going to discuss some of these we wouldn't recommend that anyone actually attempt them really till you've been trained but it's useful to have a flavor of what's absolutely, out there isn't absolutely, it absolutely absolutely um, okay so i guess we could start from either top work our way down or sounds like a plan shall we do that okay yeah. so if we think about the top third if we split the face up into thirds top third from sort of eyes up to top of the forehead yes what what treatments there can can we use along with the, the usual yeah. three? The, the, the question I get commonly asked is about brow lifts and how can yeah. people if they if their prime concern is to achieve a brow lift, mm -hmm. what's the best way? Um, it's an easy thing to do because you know that Botox can have an influence on the vectors, the direction of which the muscle acts. So if you split the brow uh, into a medial component and the lateral component, mm -hmm. and very, very simply get rid of the depressors, and the medial depressor is the glabella complex, i.e. Yeah. the frown, yeah. you treat that, and you will get a medial brow lift. Okay. Uh, so, and then laterally, if you just the Botox, the superior aspect of the orbicularis oculi, as you would if you were targeting the upper crow's feet, mm -hmm. you will get a nice brow lift okay. laterally. How far along would you recommend that you go to get the lateral brow lift w with your Botox? So if you work from the outside of the eyebrow, it's usually it's usually at the tail end of the eyebrow. Okay. So uh, again, the safety margins uh, safety margin rule still apply. You want to be one centimeter away from the orbital rim, mm -hmm. uh, roughly a centimeter and a half from the lateral canthus up, okay. and a centimeter away from the orbital rim, and you put in two to four units. Mm -hmm. And that should get raise the lateral end. Okay, so you're just referring to that that most superior aspect uh, injection of yes. the crow's feet one. Okay, because yes. um, I occasionally have actually edged it 
inwards and even under the brow at times to, to target more of that avicularis. Is that something that you... you... You may do that if you want to target that specifically. But remember, when you treat the frown, mm. the corrugator and the frontalis and the orbicularis are all intertwined together. So there will be some diffusion when you treat the frown into the superficial muscles of the orbicularis. And that should give you the lift necessary. Okay. Sometimes I've seen people when they've had a heavy forehead treatment mm. and they're feeling that real heaviness down, down on their eyes. <clears throat> That's when I've also sometimes edged under the brow with, with Botox. Very small doses, sometimes a higher concentration. To counteract that heaviness. To counteract the heaviness. Again, the, if you think of it, the, the brow position is... You, you you can get a stronger lift than you can get than a stronger depression mm -hmm. because the frontalis is a bigger you know it lifts it more yeah so unless there is some degree of frontalis activity i'm always skeptical whether that decreasing the the, the downward in, the pull inward pull of the avicularis but mm -hmm. it's definitely something i would consider if someone's complaining of heaviness mm, okay that would be uh, obviously very, very superficial, and the, the risks there are much higher, aren't they? That Risk is of the tosis, key. That for is example. The key. Depth is crucial because yeah. you know superficial is the key word, really. Mm. And as we've already said, some of these techniques are less forgiving, aren't they? And I think this is an example of that. Absolutely. And again, we, let's not forget. In addition to what we mentioned, treating the forehead itself, and the theory is that if you target the medial, like frontalis, the tone in the lateral. Uh, the, the lateral end of the, the muscle becomes stronger. Yeah. So that may be worth also considering if you want a lateral eyebrow lift. Okay. So when people do come in and ask for a brow lift, do you personally tend to start with glabella complex and the that single crow's feet injection? Yes, and it depends really on age, what the patient wants, because, mm -hmm. uh, for example, sometimes the younger clients, the 20 to 30 year olds, just want the tail end of the eyebrow to lift. They don't mm -hmm. want anything else. And that, that makes it simple, really. All you need to do is just inject the superior orbicularis. Okay, but just the one injection? Just the one injection okay. should raise it maybe two to four millimeter. Yeah. I and that will be a nice raising of the flaring of the tail end of the eyebrow. And that should be it. Ah, interesting. Uh, maybe perhaps <coughs> more mature patients want the whole eyebrow lifted. Mm -hmm. And then this is where you really have to tackle the medial aspect and the lateral aspect. So I'll treat the glabella, superior end of the, uh, the orbicularis, yeah. and then assess whether I want to have a little bit in the frontalis in the front. or not as well. Yeah. Okay, so that's useful uh, as a good start, the, the eyebrow lift. So moving down from the eyes then, if we think about the middle third. The middle third, the middle third sometimes I, I, I get people ask me, you know, is it safe to inject uh, Botox underneath the eyes when they notice the wrinkles? Again, I'm a little bit skeptical because, you know, you need the muscle action around the lid to mm -hmm. support it. And you're at the risk of having an atropion yes. if you're not careful. So an atropion is the outturning of the, of the lid, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit careful. This is where really when you have to consider is the issue just muscle hyperactivity mm -hmm. or is there volume? Yes. And you need to consider fillers. Okay. I think sometimes as well that the lines that people complain of under the eyes after they've had a crow's feet injection, yeah. I feel it sometimes comes from zygomaticus because Absolutely. the body's still trying to find a way to smile. And I think if you're using your cheeks more, Absolutely. they're more active, then it's going to create more lines. Absolutely. Do you feel the same? Exactly. 
Okay. The, so that also brings me nicely to the nasalis, mm. commonly called bunny lines. Yes. Again, once you treat the three areas, people commonly come and say, you know, it's, it stands out if you like. Everything else is smooth, and yeah. then they, they have a crunch around the nose, and they don't necessarily like it. Easily treated with botulinum toxin. Mm-hmm. Risks of that area then on the nose. Yeah, you have to be a bit careful. You don't go too lateral because if you do, you hit the levators of the lip, yeah. and that may lead to a lip drop. Okay, and obviously you get an asymmetrical smile. So, okay, um, so that's bunny lines. We're generally saying under the eye is high risk area. Yes, I did not ideal to, yeah, to treat I would directly. Really under that. I would really try to find out what is the problem. Is it? And I think usually you will find that it is volume loss yeah. and f- replacement with filler may be more appropriate. Yes, okay. Uh, zygomaticus itself, um, well, z- zygomatical major, Yeah. we avoid the, the main cheek muscle. Yeah. Um, so that can take us down, I suppose, around the base of the nose. Base of what the would nose. that be? Base of the nose is that if sometimes if <coughs> people come in with complaining of a gummy smile where they show okay. a lot of gingiva when they smile. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Botox on either side of the nose can help depress the levator muscles. It's got a big long name, this one. Yeah. Go on. (laughs) Go on, Adam. I challenge you. (laughs) Oh, um, I think it's a levator labi superioris alic nasi from memory. (laughs) Well done. No biggie. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. That's one of them, but I believe there's a couple of others. There's the levator labi superioris. There's a gomaticus minor. And some people advocate, I've, I've read in a couple of papers, more than one injection going a little bit more lateral in case of a big gummy smile where this gingival show is a lot bigger. Okay. Again, you have to be a little bit more careful. Perhaps myomodulation with filler is a better option than mm-hmm. just relaxing because you may have, it, you know, asymmetries are common. Okay. And then you will lose mobility in the upper lip, which yeah. can sometimes be odd when you're talking and you're smiling. And okay. So, so possibly treating that area, the gummy smile with filler first, and it's also going to last longer, generally. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Um, but perhaps as an adjunct, you could consider the Botox Absolutely. in that area as well. Absolutely. Okay. Um, under the nose, we can also help with uh, lifting the tip, can't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's those clients that the tip of their nose just starts to wiggle when they talk. When it's mobile. And yeah. You can almost see it when you're having a conversation with them and it's pretty mobile. And most people tend to, they notice them themselves. Yes. They don't, they they're not aware that you can do something with it. Usually it's in the context of a nose uh, treatment that they're looking for. Mm. But it responds very nicely to just a little bit amount of Botox mm-hmm. in the very tip of the... The base of the columella. The base basically. of the columella. Yeah. I think the muscle is called depressor nasi. Yes. And that just helps to lessen that downward pull of that muscle, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Again, that would wear off a bit quicker than the, the filler, but it can be a nice, a nice add-on. Okay, so that's good. So there's the several things already. Um, moving down, then I suppose the next one might be, oh yeah, up, yeah the, upper lip lines. Y- yeah, upper lip lines. And I get commonly, commonly people that uh, you know have tried a little bit of Botox around the up the lip to help with the perioral lines. Again, I think the issue really here is volume loss. Mm. You've lost the f- the fat pad around the orbicularis uh, oris, which is the muscle around the mouth. You can try a little bit of Botox. But be careful that you may have difficulty pronouncing some vowels and yeah. perhaps drinking from a straw. So you really be have to be careful how much and where you put it. Because this is the orbicularis 
aurus yes. muscle, which is a circular muscle around the mouth that does that movement, yes. like sucking a straw, yes. pop perhaps whistling. So as you say, that, that's where you those, have to be careful. those side effects yes, could happen. You have to be careful. Filler would definitely be my first choice in yeah. that area. Okay. For th they're often referred to as smokers' lines. Yeah. Although we shouldn't generally call them that because some non-smokers get them, don't they? Absolutely. But absolutely. I think for those people, it does seem like it's a hyperactivity of the muscle just naturally. That's um, true. That's true. That which is unfortunate, but that's where Botox may may help a little may bit. May help. So this is a case of less is more. Less is be more. Better, you know, start with a very very small dose and reassess. Yeah. Rather than putting a big dose and then having a problem with the lip function yeah but again filler filler first generally filler in first in that area is Brilliant. better moving down downturn mouth downturn mouth again yes uh, which muscle is generally it's overactive dao dao depressor anguli oris which is uh -huh. you know, a, it's a muscle that usually starts from the uh, mandible edge mm -hmm. and inserts in the modulus which is like a strong insertion point of more than seven muscles in the face and so you have to be very Risky. careful yeah very careful mm. one you know a little bit of diffusion to a neighboring muscle or the muscle other muscles that attach to the mediolus and you will have a profound effect on how you smile and how you talk yeah okay and the the competence of the lip itself you it may be open all the time mm -hmm. which is undesirable yeah okay but it can just help slightly lift those corners if you think on assessment that the problem is overactivity of the muscle and when you look at them and they're talking and they're using this muscle all the time and it really you can tell that there's a downward pull the muscle is responsible for that it may be worth considering a small number of units in the muscle itself okay so so that assessment there is key isn't it absolutely looking when they're talking I because m as you're aware the problem most of the problem is really fat pad loss and volume replacement would be ideal in this area yeah okay um fine and then that sort of links in a little bit with the nefertiti lift you want to tell us a bit about that yeah nefertiti lift as uh, you you may be aware egyptian pharaonic queen very beautiful had a very very slim neck and mm. a very very sharp jawline and the theory is that if we can soften the plat the platysma which is a, you know a, a, a band of muscle that starts from the chest and inserts variously along the lower border of the mandible very small amount of units botox all around can stop that downward pull and give you a sharper contour okay again it it, it has its place but you know patient choice is um, you know an assessment is crucial because you really want to do it with someone where you feel the main issue is the muscle the downward pull not uh, skin that's lost its elasticity or excess fat, fat pads, pads, yeah, yeah and so on because you have to use quite high relatively high doses for this i yeah. think it's important to inform clients that the results are quite subtle they Absolutely. can they can help the downward pull but they're not going to see a drastic improvement like you do with crow's feet and, yes. and frowning yes that's right maybe very say. subtle and you have and you have to be careful especially when you're injecting around the mandible mm. that your toxin doesn't diffuse and affect the muscles of you know the face the yeah. low face dao and yeah okay um great and then i think one of the last ones uh well there's, there's jawline and chin jawline and chin are a uh, popular uh, you know we've all heard uh, jawline slimming with the masseter injection mm -hmm. it's quite popular in certain cultures they don't they really don't they, they don't like this squarish face and uh, 
you it's also a nice treatment for bruxism people that grind their teeth and you know and they have pain in the temporal mandibular joint we see a lot of chinese clients here asking for it so i think it's a genetic thing for for some um some ethnicities to have a, sh- a sh- stronger masseter absolutely do you, do absolutely. you see that yeah as well? it's it's it, you know the masseter is a muscle of mastication it's not the only muscle of mastication the temporalis and pterygoid are other muscles as well but uh, I definitely see a lot of Chinese clients coming in and asking for it specifically. And I think it's more the females because you're looking for the, the natural, sorry, the, the beautiful heart shape uh, face. Whereas if you've got a strong masseter, then it, you become a bit squared in the jaw. Absolutely. You, you've said, so. But this treatment differs from the other treatments in that you're not looking to relax the muscle to improve a line or a fold. Yeah. You're actually waiting for the muscle to atrophy. Yes. So which may, may take a little bit longer time so i don't expect to see results instantly like in two weeks mm. the results may be a little bit further down the road the line okay there are some theoretical risks of is it atrophy of the jaw osteopenia uh, of the jaw yeah I've, I've heard of that and there is also in theory that because you know that if you relax the masseter too much the other muscles of mastication may hypertrophy as a compensatory mechanism Okay. So the temporalis may start to increase in size. Yeah. So the temple, the temple may not be hollow anymore, mm. which is I don't think that would be desirable. Okay. And the other thing, uh, what I read, the masseter helps with a slight upward vector, or I guess it supports. So if that atrophies, apparently it can slightly worsen marionettes. Generally, not a concern for yes the, these young clients we're getting with it. But I, I've generally seen more younger yes younger yeah. clients, but. Uh, but it's something to consider if it's an older client that's asking that's already got a marionette shadow. Absolutely, absolutely. But if, if but if the patient presents and the main co- and they also suffer from bruxism and so on, it's a nice treatment to be able to offer because they really get really a lot of relief from the symptoms of bruxism. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about chin, the men- mentalis? Mentalis. Yeah. Who, who, who's that useful for? Again, mentalis in the context of uh, you know a chin treatment or someone that has an overactive mentalis, and again like the tip of the nose you tend to see them using their mentalis a lot while they're talking mm. uh, and you know it causes this poor orange dimple yeah. of the skin mm-hmm. again t- you can treat you have to be a little bit careful with the botox it doesn't spread to the uh, depressor um, uh, muscles of the lip and yeah. it doesn't it's not and it's not too high closer to the lower lip uh, orbicularis oris otherwise it will drop right but it's a nice treatment so all these lower face ones i think less is more accuracy is absolutely key isn't absolutely. it knowing the anatomy of those muscles where they attach that's absolutely. why we wouldn't recommend doing absolutely. them until absolutely you've been trained uh, but it, yeah it's certainly uh, very useful to know about these the last one um about hyperhidrosis so excess sweating that's that's the other one that we yeah. commonly do here again uh, this is uh, we're starting to talk about medicinal license now botox as mm. you know where botox has a lot of medicinal licenses sweating is one of them yeah so it's in the nice guidelines it's offered by the nhs mm-hmm. it's a nice treatment it's licensed so there's a specific dose there's a specific technique to it and uh, you get good results for it uh, you know p- you have a big number of people here men and women yeah and they get you know you would need it up roughly maybe twice a year mm-hmm. and i expect good results for it i've seen it be life-changing for some people particularly a lot of people that do presentations um, m- some men have said they, they 
could never wear a light blue shirt or, or a light shirt True. ever True. Um, and they can feel it dripping so it, it's been life-changing for some people it, so it's it a really it useful it one, it isn't is, it? it is a nice treatment to be able to offer just one word of caution though obviously is getting a thorough history from your patient before you start the treatment and you know i just want to make sure there is no medical reason why they're sweating first i want to exclude any possible problems yeah and if there isn't any it's so generally we want to know that this sweating has actually been there since their teens something yes and if it's a recent onset sweats then you have to it may, it may be secondary to a medical problem and yeah. you would want to exclude that first yeah um, and obviously things like night sweats can be a bit of a red flag so mm. yeah make sure we're addressing that but generally quite a safe treatment isn't it the it, is, it is it is yeah do you find that people get compensatory sweating elsewhere no again that I, that's a myth uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, no i've not had any problems with that uh, you know people usually come back and they're really really pleased with the results excellent okay well i think there's even more um treatments we could discuss but we're going to have to leave it there today because we've both got clients waiting for us we're running behind a bit but thanks uh, Ahmed that was really useful thank you Adam I hope that's I been useful it. for the listeners if you haven't listened to the previous one we did we talked about some of the myths um, of Botox didn't we True. last time um, great to have you on the show and hopefully we can bring you back at some point thank you thanks Dr Ahmed thank you.